Hello, Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to 786 Boulevard. This is the podcast where Muslims get together to discuss film, TV and other forms of art and popular culture and today inshallah we shall be diving back into fashion. We've been on a bit of a hiatus as myself, Ali and Hussain have been quite busy but hopefully this episode will be worth the wait. I am really happy and honoured and lucky uh, to have joining us today Nabil Zaidi, Muslim American who is the co-founder of the well-known fashion label Profound Aesthetic. We'll be discussing his journey uh, in building the brand along with his other co-founders and how he started selling uh, t-shirts at Muslim conventions and going from that to building uh, his business into a brand that is currently sold in stores like Nordstrom. So I'm really uh, looking forward to discussing with him and inshallah we shall also be examining spirituality and fashion and what role Islamic spirituality plays both in designing fashion, in the branding uh, of the label and also in uh, what we wear. So it should be a fantastic episode. If you have not yet subscribed to us on all platforms, be sure to do so. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Anchor, and of course on YouTube. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review. It really helps out the podcast. We will, inshallah, be having some interesting episodes coming up. We are on a short hiatus right now, so we are recording an episode today uh, and tomorrow that will be released in Muharram. But inshallah, hopefully after that, we'll be back in full swing with your support. Welcome once again to 786 Boulevard. Nabil, Hasnain, Ali, assalamu alaikum to you all. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Nabil, it's really wonderful finally getting you uh, on the podcast. Uh, you know, I think we're trying to get you on for quite some time. Um, and we've really been dying to explore uh, spirituality and fashion uh, on this show. So I really appreciate you taking it from your hard time uh, and joining us here uh, on this podcast. Um, so I just kind of like to dive into it. I've been following um, your work for quite some time, um, you know, all the way from uh, your early days uh, up to profound. Uh, and uh, I think what's so interesting is that when you scroll through your Facebook and, and uh, go back, you know, one thing you do on Facebook is you continuously share a lot of your old memories on Facebook. Uh, and it's so right. interesting seeing the journey that you've gone on uh, from the beginning till now. Um, and I know I saw briefly that you um, started, uh, you know, back in your college days, um, uh, producing uh, uh, t-shirts uh, and the like uh, related to a specific cause. Tell us a bit about your journey into fashion and what made you want to get into it. Yeah, sure. So we started, uh, so first of all, it was uh, myself and my two cousins. Their name is Faraz and Aram. Uh, we actually started the idea of having a fashion brand back in 2008. So it's been quite some years now. Um, and a lot of things have changed in the platforms and the spaces that you know we currently work in. But it's always an interesting story just to reflect back on things, how back then, you know, social media wasn't a big thing. And a lot of the technology and resources we have today is very different from what it was back then. So oftentimes, you know, when you reflect back, it's kind of hard to relate it to today. But just to give you a general gist of how we started the brand, it was kind of random. Um, Fraz, Aram, and I all have similar passions and interests in life and more specifically in art. Um, which is where it started. So we actually took a trip to uh, Ummah and then Isna. Um, I'm sure you guys are familiar with Ummah and Isna yeah. as well. Um, so I think it was at uh, Isna when we started to be more proactive about um, doing some type of, because you know, they have like a bazaar at Ummah and Isna, right? Um, where they sell, a lot of people have, are selling like different things. So 
we actually started um, after the Ummah trip. We actually decided to do the Isna trip um, and sell T-shirts there after seeing, you know, the potential, like other vendors doing the same, similar things with graphic T-shirts with like Islamic references or mm. uh, some type of, you know, spirituality reference in to the graphic art and they put it on T-shirts. So we decided to do that for an uh, Isna um, to kick things off just because the timing was uh, aligned with Isna there. Uh, we took the road trip to DC. We printed like about, I think like three or four designs that related in some way to some Islamic calligraphy or some kind of Islamic uh, reference. Um, and that's how we kind of just kicked it off. And we called the profound aesthetic. Um, basically what meant, you know, it's deeper meaning into the visuals, which what, what our graphic teachers represented when we first launched. Uh, and things just like, alhamdulillah, things were like really kicked off well at ISNA. Um, great positive feedback, and from then on, we did, we just decided to do um, take it even further and explore outside of just like the whole Muslim community, and branched off to like festivals and other opportunities we can do just to have like the vendor space. And again, this is before like internet was really or internet was just coming, you know, uh, resourceful as far as like a business goes. So it was more mm. uh, person person and like you know in real life situations. So mm. that's how basically launched it it was originally a spirituality um brand with a lot of islamic references um to cater for that market and then we just mm. like things just fall started to fall under place of that so yeah i mean I, th I think i think what's so interesting about that story is that you know i think even when you go through let's say profound aesthetics uh what you guys are selling right now you go for your instagram you know you see like elements of of kind of like islam and spirituality kind of like hidden hidden yeah. there um i wouldn't say it's an islamic fashion brand per se but you have those elements there so i think when you go back to it uh and you kind of um uh think about uh, you know reflect on your story i think i think it's just so interesting that it was really your religion that pushed you uh mm -hmm toward your, 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 your passion and your hobby, uh, which I think is, you know, absolutely uh, amazing. Um, and I think that one thing I find really interesting as well is that it shows you that through your passion, through, let's say, for example, through, through fashion, um, you can really express uh, your inner spirituality on a wider scale. Not everyone who wears the, the, the clothing is Muslim. You know, not everyone right. necessarily yeah. even believes uh, in God, but the, you know, the fashion itself is almost telling that kind of uh, uh, story. Um, and I right. think that's what's definitely uh, so interesting about it. Um, Hasnain, you know, me and you've had fantastic conversations about fashion uh, all the time and spirituality. I know this is a, con a conversation that you've always wanted to dive into. What kind of relationship does spirituality have with your fashion sense? Um, interesting question. Uh, spirituality with my fashion sense. One, I don't have any fashion sense. <laughs> See, <laughs> I would disagree with you, but all right, go for it. Um, no, it, it's, it's, you're you being know, humble. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, for me, it's more like, you know, um, you kind of want to dress to make a, a statement. Um, yeah. At least for me, because, um, you know, some people might be like, well, you know, that's not like it's a positive and negative to it. But for somebody who um, is in a suit and tie and goes to work, you know, there's a reason why I'm in a suit and tie because you have to look the part. So I think that um, spirituality, you know, they always tell you, you know, you, you want to show your religion through your, through your morals and your actions. And I think the same way with, with the way I dress. I want to show my characteristics and, and, and my faith through the way I dress. You know, it, you know, I want to be clean. I want to, you know, smell good the fragrance. I want to, you know, yeah. you know, wear, you know, clothes that, you know, aren't <laughs> revealing, you know, too much. Um, so that's, you know, I, it goes hand in hand. 
yeah um, I, I think like what's so interesting is that when it comes to fashion like you know, i know you speak about you know there's the obvious kind of things when it comes to islam and dressing you know modest wear and hijab and stuff like that but i think even further away from that conversation when you think about the idea of fashion what fashion really is you said it's a statement and i think it is a statement but also it's more of like an expression of your inner self right, right. the way you dress represents one how you want to be perceived uh, and two how you really feel uh, deep down um, and i think that you know right now we live in an age where fashion is so diverse and Nabil, i'm sure you'll know more about this topic than than any of us do but now fashion is so diverse i think you go back 50 100 years um or you know you go back f- far back into time everyone's pretty much wearing uh, a similar kind of you know collection of things now you know you go out, especially in new york city you know you guys uh, you live in new york and Nabil, uh, you're in new jersey you know you see people of all different types of you know colors uh, uh, dressed in the most craziest things in new york and i think that's that's what's yeah. um uh, so interesting um Nabil, what role now let's say when you're designing when you're creating uh, with profound estate specifically what role if any does islam and spirituality play uh, in that process so let's say you're going to sit down to design something that you're going to sell uh, design something to put on your, on your site uh, and as part of your collection what role does spirituality if any play in that creative process um that's a good question too um i think as we started to develop into more of a contemporary clothing brand as far as a general market the islamic references haven't been as strong as they used to be when we started with like you know just catering to like the Ummah it's in the crowd conventions um, so now it's much different than what it was before. Now, as like a brand in general, just being as like one of the co-founders of the brand, uh, we're very mindful of the things we put out as far as not just design-wise, but as a brand. So I think mm-hmm. that that's what encompasses most of the spirituality right now. For example, um, you know, fashion is very a very sexual industry. Um, being from being a Muslim and then practicing, you know, Islam or being like mindful for that uh we don't we we shy away from anything that represents something like you know having uh representing females in, in a negative way uh, in a sexual way i just want to jump in quickly about what hasan was saying as far as the way you dress and what it makes you feel like uh i think there's actually a hadith that says to dress well smell well and I guess back then maybe they didn't have deodorant, but you know, <laughs> when you dress nice and you smell good, you actually feel good about yourself. So when you're speaking to others, I think that comes across in your personality and the way you speak to people in a good manner. And I think that is a very good way of, uh, you know, I guess getting spirituality into the way uh, you're dressed. So back yeah. to the <laughs> no, I yeah, think yeah. so. Just, uh, just, just before I run to you, Nabil, this is a very interesting conversation about you know like modesty and fashion, and I think just linking Ali's point to Nabil's point as well. Um, you know, I tried to like skim through uh, Islamic history and see what kind of role fashion played because right now, you know, we're in an age where every Muslim who lives, uh, you know, I was going to say the West, but I think all over the world, uh, is into the latest trends in fashion, is into expressing themselves uh, via fashion, uh, and there's that question of you know, can a Muslim who, let's say, is uh, practicing, praying five times a day, fasting, you know, fearful of his Lord, can he go out and, you know, dive into the kind of latest trends when it comes to fashion? Um, And I think that, you know, the Prophet taught us that there are specific occasions when you should dress up. So, for example, in Islam, Eid is a day when you dress up in your finest clothes uh, and head to the mosque. You know, when the Prophet would... uh, uh, meet with certain peoples with delegations he had specific clothes uh, which he would wear 
for those occasions. Right. Um, Nabil, you, meant, you were talking about modesty uh, uh, and fashion. Do like include that point if you can. Yeah, yeah. So um, just going back to my point before this thing started beeping here. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, as far as like be- connecting back to our Islamic roots, uh, modesty is a big part of it still. Um, and as, like you said, like it's very difficult in a fashion age where um, it's total opposite for a lot of cases. So we practice that as well. Um, because we're mostly a menswear brand, mm. we don't most of the challenges that come with that um, as, a, as it does with like a, a Muslim that's trying to do women's wear. So we don't face many of those challenges, but we are mindful for that. Um, important as like Muslims, you know, there's, there's, there's some moral guidelines that we, we want to follow. Um, modesty is one of them. Another one is the, how, how you represent the brand, like the charities you do. We, we recently did a um, charity for uh, Yemen with Islamic Relief in UK. Um, so just ha- knowing that our brand has a platform in the mainstream market and because there's not that many Muslim people in that same market or mainstream market, we want to be able to use our platform and our reach to educate people who might not be aware of like, for example, what was going on in Yemen and with that platform that we have and through the means of fashion, we were able to educate people with, you know, a collaboration that we did. Yeah. I, th- I think, I think, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Off to you. Uh, you mentioned that you're mostly a men's brand. Uh, have you looked into doing something for women, maybe uh, like a sort of like a hijab sort of brand uh, or adding something onto it? Or do you want to stick with what you're already doing? Uh, we've been, we've been juggling around the idea. Uh, at the moment, it doesn't make too much sense for us to get to women's wear. Uh, so we're going to stick primarily to men's wear because we're pretty heavily rooted in there and the opportunity we still have there, we haven't even, you know, reached half the potential we can with men's wear. So we want to keep tackling that before, you know, expanding too far out. I think, I think, I think what, what is so interesting is that, you know, um, fashion right now i feel like there's a big trend in fashion which is very similar to kind of like the modesty that you know you spoke about like modest menswear right um there is a trend in fashion now that's very similar uh to the kind of uh clothing that islam prefers men to wear so for example i'm talking about you know kind of like oversized uh, uh tees loose uh, loose clothing uh things that are very like you know long line and i think that those are the kind of uh, uh clothes that uh profound uh tends to um to wear as well um, and I think, you know, how do you think we can use fashion uh, to help us uh, with modesty? And when I say modesty, I don't mean like uh, just from a perspective of, okay, we are Muslims, we order to dress a certain way. I know, you know, up till now we've been yeah. talking about what Islam tells us to do. Um, but just right. generally as well, I feel like modesty is a very universal concept. You know, right. I don't think you have to be Muslim uh, to uh, embrace modesty. You know, you look at, for example, uh, Kanye West kind of... Uh, philosophies when it comes to what he designs or jerry lorenzo as well who i don't want to get into as well you know they create clothing that's very baggy you know very loose uh, you know covers uh, certain parts of your body um yeah and that to me is almost islamic wear right so i feel like modesty modest fashion is a very uh, uh, uh is a is something that supersedes uh, just muslims you know so how can right. we use fashion to help us with modesty um, that's a good question too. And you, you provide some good examples of some designers that, you know, utilize that like the, like the baggy wear. Although I do want to point out that I don't think that's mostly 
um, the underlying cause isn't mostly about modest fashion there. It's yeah. mostly trend over there. Um, and it's the same thing with us. You know, um, the trend right now is like the baggy wear, but it's interesting how it ties back into modest fashion where you're wearing like looser clothing and it also rolls over into women's wear as well, where the women's like that, you know, that the baggier look as well. Um, I think just as like a general point um, to the, like the, to, to the main point that you have about, you know, just having observing modesty and fashion, like modesty can be represented in several ways. Like you mentioned, um, it could be like how you represent yourself on the, on your Instagram page or to the public. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't have to be specifically to, well, to what you wear. Mm -hmm. um, great thing about fashion is it's not just like the items that you're wearing, like, or, or just uh, clothing. Um, there's a big part of it, which is branding um, that involves in fashion and branding is storytelling. It's imagery. It's like narratives. And that's like the main thing that you can utilize to really communicate to the audience that you have or to the main public. Um, clothing is just like a, you know, like a byproduct of the narrative that you tell, like that, that you're representing. Um, so the main thing is storytelling. So brands like, or like Fear of God, which is, you know, with like within its name, it's, uh, it's really like God conscious as mm. a brand. And the products are a byproduct of what that represents. Profound is very similar in the way where our branding often talks about spirituality, religion, modesty, and just being like a good, good human being on earth, you know? Mm. Um, and our clothes are a byproduct of that. So again, it's, I don't think like having the, the baggier clothes is uh, intentionally as like a modesty um, wear, at least for us. Um, yeah. And I, I'm, I, I'm pretty sure it is mostly trend-based for the rest of them too. But mm. to circle back to like the whole, when you look at fashion in general, the branding is something that's even more powerful than the product. Mm. And then you can represent your modesty and your narrative and your cause and your purpose and what you believe in, such as, you know, the spirituality aspect of it into the narrative, whether it be like your editorials, your, um, your social media posts. And I think, I, I mean, for me, I look at that more when, in terms of like these types of conversation. Hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, we, that's something that we stand by and we try to represent through our narrative. Yeah, I think that's 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 so interesting. I'm I'm so glad you mentioned fear of God as well because like I remember the first time, I'm not really like completely uh, aware when it comes to fashion. I'm kind of like the kind of guy who just sees what I like and buys it and wears it. Uh, but the yeah. first time I ever heard of fear of God, I was like, oh, how can they be using God's name to sell high end clothes? You know, I was I was pretty taken aback. But then the more I started to listen to Jerry Lorenzo and 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 see his interviews, and it was I, I began to understand that the fact that. Uh, it's not that he's using God's name to sell clothes, rather it's that he wanted to put his own DNA, which is his fear of God and his search of understanding of God uh, right. into his, his fashion, which I think is absolutely incredible. Um, you know, and yeah. even uh, again, like you mentioned Kanye West, you know, he uh, has spoken about how, how the Bible tells you to dress uh, and the fact that the Bible uh, talks about how you should be wearing, I believe it's uh, either one or two, uh, 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 materials in your garment, and and, and that's kind of like a vision that he uh, holds when he when he when he designs clothes. So, right. how much do you think of our faith and spirituality um, should 
come out in what we wear, given that we live in a secular society. So in the society that we live in, whether it be here in the UK, in America, religion, uh, constant religious expression is almost frowned upon. It's almost something that you, you know, it, it might be respected, but it's something you keep to yourself a bit, kind of like you keep it to the mosque, you keep it to the church, you keep it to the synagogue, you know, um, you're free to express your religion, but generally when you're out and about in New York City or wherever you are, um, you know, you're generally seen as uh, part of society first and part of your religion second. You're seen as an American first uh, and a Muslim right. second kind of thing. Um, so given that, how much do you think our faith and spirituality should come out in what we wear? So for example, is it proper, for example, do you think for Muslims all around America to come out wearing, uh, you know, the full uh, uh, robes uh, and dressing like that? Um, or, you know, uh, should it be much more subtle than that? Well, uh, yeah, I guess it, it depends on like person to person um, and how you, how you perceive how you want to be represented. Um, the reason why we started Profound is, um, is with like the whole graphic t-shirts because graphics on, a, on your t-shirt is like the best way to represent yourself or make a statement about yourself, right? Something, your graphic t-shirt often tells you, or tells a person what you believe in, what you feel strongly about or something about your personality, right? Um, and when we started doing Islamic references, that's because we wanted to represent islam through our our garments but there was a void in the market for that or something at least tasteful that we thought um was in the market for that um i mean there's there's actually a lot of christian brands that do a great job with like their references as far as like christianity goes and put it in a really cool way and tasteful way into their clothing but islam for us we never really found that so that's why we started off doing that um, so I think it is a good, I think it's, it's really cool to represent your religion, whether it be, you know, Christianity or Islam or whatever it is, um, through your garments or through mostly your graphic t-shirts, you know, uh, mm. I think the coolest, the cool, like the stuff that we do as far as like Arabic references or even before that, like we had like Bismillah on a shirt before nice. and that was like one of our top sellers when we we're doing the, the Islamic uh, festivals or the markets. Mm. And um, the reason for that is because people want want to represent that, you know, they're they're of a Muslim religion, so Islamic religion. So I think you know, graphic T-shirts is a great opportunity to do that, and I think it's I, I encourage it. I encourage mm. people wearing um, like their religion in the means of passion to represent themselves, to make mm. a statement. Else, that is or, yeah, well. That is really interesting because I remember like hearkening back to my youth. I used to wear, for example, uh, and we'll speak about this uh, when we get into Noor later on, but I used to wear Zulfiqar around my, uh, you know, on a necklace. And I remember like one of my uh, kind of elder brothers sat me down and said, listen, you live in a secular society. People don't like to be fronted with your religion. People don't like to, to, to see you fronting your religion to them. Um, so it's better to keep that stuff kind of hidden. And I think now we've definitely moved um, to a kind of, uh, let's say, stage in, in cultural society where people are encouraged to express themselves in every which way possible right. you know, express your Absolutely. truth tell your truth right yeah. and that is uh, something you can do uh, through your clothing so ali i know you've been sitting there patiently uh, waiting to throw out your opinions you know tell me something ali as an actor you know someone who often uh, dresses up for rehearsals and the model as well right you you have to dress a certain way uh, when you go to these shoots what role does fashion pay generally 
uh, in your day-to-day life. I mean, is it something you think about? I know I've, I've seen you at work, you know, I've seen you in your you're nine to five, you're there uh, with your formal shirt and, try, and, and pants. But, you know, on the weekend when it's sunny and you have to go outside, is, is fashion something you think about or is it just kind of something you slap on and walk out the door? I think when I'm dressing to go somewhere or do something, uh, then obviously, yes, I'm going to be like, like you saw me at the office or whatever, but <laughs> if it's just on the weekend, I'm going to go out in uh, you know, t-shirts and shorts and that's about it. <laughs> but what I was going to bring up was, have you guys thought about doing something like, uh, along with the shirts, doing some accessories? Like for example, uh, if, uh, Nuri would show his ring, can you, can you show us your ring, Nuri? That one right there, right? Green. <laughs> so, that's been standing out to me the whole time that he's talking. Every time his hand comes oh, up. Have you put so, your eye on my ring? I've got to put, put it away now before it gets lost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take that. <laughs> uh, so have you guys thought about maybe doing some sort of Islamic uh, accessories along with the uh, along with the t-shirts, or do you want to just kind of keep that separate? Uh, because one thing I do do is if I'm wearing something blue or something, then I'll wear my blue rookie ring. Uh, if I'm wearing something different, maybe like brown or or tan or even a green T-shirt, then I'll wear my green one, like the one Nuri has. So, and, and it stands out because people notice that, okay, you know what, you're wearing whatever you're wearing, but then that ring that stands out like that and they ask you about it and it gives you an opportunity to talk a little more, more about it and tell people why you're wearing it, what it means. Um, yeah. That, guys, that, is actually, that is actually quite interesting, Nabil. Like, do, do you like do you guys dive into jewelry as well? Is that something you do at Profound? Uh, and like, is that is it something that's easy to uh, add in as addition to your to your general uh, uh, line, or is it like a completely different world? So we we actually um, did it more in the last couple of years than we're doing it now. So right mm-hmm. now we're mostly uh, outerwear, tops, bottoms, basically everything except for footwear. Right now at the moment. Um, but in the past, you know, when you mentioned like, you know, something like jewelry, um, the trend, and I forgot what year it was, uh, bracelets was really a big thing. Um, so we dived heavily into bracelets. Um, and one of the collections of bracelets that we did, which also fell into necklaces, is that we, we, we did a design that was inspired by the Thuspy. Mm, nice. Um, if you ever saw that, and I'll, I'll probably pull it up somewhere. But Bracelets, right? We did braces and then we also did a necklace. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. So it was inspired by the Dusty. And then within our product descriptions, we talk about that, like how that inspiration came, oh, what nice. it does, you know, what, what the Dusty is, this and that. So, yeah, I mean, accessories is a huge, huge market. Um, we did it way more in the past. And again, it's like because of the trend um, than we are doing it now. But we are starting to do more uh, rings. Mm, we're, we're, nice. I mean, it's, uh, it's not it's not out yet, but you know that's something that we're currently working on. It will, and that will expand on other things as well, like ch- different types of chains. We're using more metals for um, the upcoming accessories lines versus back then we did like a lot of wooden things, uh, more natural stones, and things of such. But yeah, uh, yeah, like right now. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was gonna say right now we're we're pretty much tapped into every category of footwear. I haven't seen it, so I was asking if you guys have ever done like a chain with like a the Mecca, like or like the Kaaba actually right there with a the chain. Have you guys? Nah, we haven't. Do you think people would well, wear that? Th- that that's would a million dollar idea right there. If you if you go ahead, yeah. you have to pay uh, Ali uh, royalties. <laughs> Hasnain, yeah. Hasnain, let me ask you this, Hasnain. Um, 
I have a lot of thoughts going in my head right now. Ask me I know, people. I know. I can see you on the edge of your seat is waiting to, 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 to say something. Uh, I, I'll, I'll give you one line and I'll let you let loose uh, as you usually kind of do. How do you think Muslims should dress in 2020? Um, I think they should dress, honestly, my honest opinion, however they want to dress. Um, because, you know, there's, there's outlines for how we should dress uh, male and females. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, the word modesty has been, you know, mentioned a few times, but what is modesty to me versus modesty to you? You know, it could be, could mean something different, right? Um, that's interesting. Yeah. So I think that that's something I was pondering on while we were, while you guys were talking. It's like, all right, I know we should dress to modest, but what, what, what does modesty mean? Cause it's not going to mean the same thing that it means to me. And then it means to like, Oh, you or you or yeah. Nabil, you know? So I think when the person, if him, him or herself feels like they're dressed modest, I think that's, that's fine for somebody who, who's, you know, who's practicing. Cause if a person's practicing and to them, they feel that they're modest. I mean, to me, that's good enough for however it is. <clears throat> does that answer it? Yeah. Yeah. No, it does. I think that's, uh, that's very interesting, but more, I'm talking more about expressionism than specific uh, to modesty. So, you know, let me rephrase the question. Muslims, in America right now, you know, we're already in a very confused, uh, I'm talking about immigrant Muslims who, who came over from the East. We're already in a very kind of confused mindset because mentally we're back there, physically we're here. Our parents, you know, live there, grew up there, but they're raising us here. And already we, we are attacked by all these different, um, you know, elements uh, of our life. You know, we, we don't belong here. We don't belong there. We don't belong anywhere. And as a result, you know, we're almost on the fringes of society. Um, given that, how do you think Muslims should dress? Do you think that we should just kind of like embrace, um, you know, the, the, the fashion trends uh, of non-Muslim Americans? Or do you think that, you know, we should kind, kind of like build our own identity uh, in what we wear? Um, I think there should, there should be some, some place in the middle, right? Like for somebody like myself, I keep my identity, but I also want to be part of the, the newest trends, right? Hmm. I also want to know what's going on there. And and if the trend is not going against like my morals and I'm, I'm all for it, and if it looks good, it looks good. You know, uh, there's been times where I said that I would never wear that. That's ridiculous. You know, and like a, a year later, I'm wearing that. <laughs> you know, a year later, I'm wearing it because, you know, it grows on you and, 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 and you know, you, you throw something on and you feel good and it's not, you know, you know, you, you feel good in it. And, and, and this is you because. As, as an individual grows, you know, their expression grows with it. So, I mean, you know, I, I think it comes down to, you know, as the trends go, what you're feeling and what you're not feeling, you know? Yeah. I think it's so interesting that, you know, you mentioned that fashion changes as you grow older. I know for myself, like when I was growing up, I was really into designer clothes and I would just spend so much money on like Dolce Gabbana, Gucci, Armani and kind of like throw those uh, clothes on. Uh, and not that there's anything wrong with that, but like w the more I grew up, the more I realized as a person, I'm more of a simplistic person than someone who kind of like indulges in luxury. So I literally got rid of all my clothes and just kind of like purchased things that I like that were uh, affordable, but simple. I think the keyword I'm looking for is simple. And I think that the, say that again, sorry. I'm not everybody's as wealthy as you, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, as in the, the irony is I was actually earning very little money, but spending that little money on those clothes, which I think is another interesting conversation to have when it comes to uh, excessiveness. Um, and, you know, what, what's interesting is that the way I dress and the way I choose to dress will not be the same as the way someone else who might be Muslim uh, chooses to dress. And I think that that's what's so interesting when it comes to uh, expressionism. Nabil, I want to get into 
Noor uh, specifically. Um, and, you know, for those who don't know, Noor uh, was uh, a fashion label, a Shia-specific uh, fashion label, which kind of was there to express uh, Shia Muslim identity. And I was actually kind of thinking about this before uh, we started the podcast and reflecting on it. Um, you know, you mentioned that when you started, uh, you know, you kind of like uh, got into the, the business of uh, making kind of people feel proud to express their Muslim identity at Isna and, and Umm and stuff like that, and uh, making graphic tees with Bismillah on it and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, what's so interesting about the way society is right now and the way, especially in the, the Muslim community, I feel like it's very easy to express your Muslimness. It's very easy to wear a t-shirt with Quds on it or the Kaaba on it or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's very easy to, 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 to wear a t-shirt that says, you know, for example, um, you know, God is great or, or whatever. Uh, but when it comes to Shia specific identity, mm-hmm. we've never kind of like had something, uh, a fashion movement that teaches us to be proud to embrace and express our Shia identity. And I think that's what I love so much about Noor. You know, there's so many uh, uh, kind of like fashion labels uh, that are doing great work when it comes to, um, you know, getting people to express their Shia identity. Um, you know, uh, Shia wear, for example, is one of them. Uh, and there's a few others. There are, Hasnain, uh, you're smiling because I want to give you a shout out. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think, you know, despite that, like, there are just, there are a lot of kind of, there are also a lot of uh, Shia fashion labels who kind of like just, you know, they, they, they try their best, but it, it doesn't really speak to me the same way that Noor spoke to me. And I think the reason that Noor spoke to me so much was because it wasn't just about taking a, a picture of the shrine and putting it on a t-shirt. Rather, it was about saying this is an identity. We're not, I'm not trying to sell you a jacket. I'm not trying to sell you a tee only. What I'm trying right. to do is give you an identity to embrace and be proud of. And I think right. that's what was so amazing about it. That's, that's what kind of like almost brought a tear to my eye thinking about, you know, you're teaching Shia kids to be proud and express their Shia identity and embrace it in front of the world. Um, so what encouraged you to get into that specifically? Um, and uh, what would you say were kind of like some of the highs, lows and lessons learned over that period? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, thank you. I, I really enjoy the fact that you enjoy the brand. Um, that's something, it was like a personal project for me. And then also I wanted to say that you hit the nail on the head as far as everything you said about what Noor was intended to represent. Um, it was for some for the Shia community to be have something for their identity and be proud with it, um, because like you mentioned, you know there wasn't as th- there's there's a lot of cool like Islamic brands out there, um, like Five Pillars for example. Yeah, they're, I don't know with them, but you know they they do like cool Islamic references and stuff. But there wasn't really anything um, that's tastefully done for me, at least for the Shia community. Um, so what started Noor, this was about, I say, three years ago. It's been three years. Um, right before Muharram started, um, I was at uh, Masjid Ali in New Jersey. And actually, somebody uh, was selling T-shirts there, as they usually do. It was like, whether, I forgot whether it was fundraising or what it was, but somebody was selling T-shirts there. And one of, you know, the community here knows generally what I do and um, what, uh, profound is and what we what we do as a company and and like the whole branding part of it. Um, so somebody approached me and were like, "Hey, you know, why don't you provide us with some designs? That's something we can wear." So initially, it was supposed to be just, it was just a design, just for literally like the New Jersey community, right? Um, that's how it started off. So it wasn't planned to be like this whole um, global thing or bigger than what it actually you know start ended up being. Um, so it started up being like, you know, somebody approached me 
uh, they wanted something cool to represent the Shia community here locally. And I was like, all right, cool. When I have time, I'll try to cook something up, right? And um, so I literally created the brand, the website, the branding of it, and a quick design, which was the Zulfrika one, um, in one weekend when I had some time right before Muharram. And I just put it out there. And, you know, alhamdulillah, with, like, the things I've learned while doing Profound, um, I guess I was able to escalate things faster because mm-hmm. of the knowledge I had and experience I've had, which allowed it to, you know, become what it was uh, quicker. And, you know, and that's, like, logistically or just, like, branding-wise, marketing-wise, and um, it ended up being, like, the reach ended up being further than what it tended to be, which was the local Muslim. Yeah. It, it became, I remember it became a whole movement. Like everyone yeah. was, was, yeah, yeah. Was, uh, was involved exactly. in that. So, um, you know, the Instagram is nor.786 where you can see the, like you were mentioning how you were describing it. It was more about the branding of it, the identity of it than the actual clothing where it was something that the Shia community can be proud to represent. You know, something like, you know, this is a brand that I am proud to wear that represents me as a Shia Muslim. Hmm. Um, that was the beauty of the whole brand. And at least that's what I enjoyed the most. And we did some cool things like, you know, we did the interview with you. Um, we yeah, it was, also became like a platform where Shia creatives can connect. You can discover other Shia creatives um, because like, like you said, we didn't have much of a Shia community in an artistic way. Hmm. And just to point out the fact that also one of the reasons why I started the project and the way it was like, you know, suggested to me was like outside of like Shia communities that people that are, are unfamiliar with, you know, who Shias are or what they represent or what they believe in. A lot of them see like the public perception of Shia is very different than what it is. Right. Um, like, let's be honest. Like people see us in a very negative light. Uh, would you agree? So yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, I think we can all right. uh, protest that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, so I made a conscious effort to try my best to change that into a more positive light, mm. um, and make it something that people can like be like, okay, this seems like it's a, the Shia community looks like a uh, a little different than what I thought it was. Let me dive into mm. it further through this medium, which is fashion, mm. which is clothing, which is branding. Mm. So that was the whole purpose of it. Um, so what ended up happening was, uh, last year because it originally intended to be just like a very side project thing, um, and not to even last past one season, like one, one Muharram. And you, you find being, yourself with, with the beast that you couldn't control. <laughs> right. And the thing was also like, you know, I tried, I, I, and I, I successfully automated a bunch of things, this and that, but you know, as things started to grow, I found that, you know, for, and I wanted to wanted to keep going, so I I uh, talked to some people to see who can carry it on, and like for myself to be completely hands off with it. And um, I eventually like, last year, uh, so basically somebody else owns it now, hmm. and I'm not allowed to say who it is yet, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some, somebody else owns Noor now. Hmm. Hopefully, they will continue to you know expand on it and make it bigger than what I started it with. Um, so that's the whole, yeah, that, that that's the whole project, uh, Nor. And again, like, sure. you know, when, when I departed from it, it was like, a, you know, it, 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 I'll be honest, you know, I, I still miss it because again, 
it was a personal um personal project because of the passion i had you know yeah. so uh that but the thing was you know i i if if i were to continue it it, it would have just died down hmm. and um i wouldn't be able to keep up with it and again it was because that i i didn't intentionally intentionally plan it to be what it was Mm. I can imagine how bittersweet that is, especially like something, yeah. you know, uh, designing something yourself in your own baby, almost giving it away uh, to someone else. I'm sure it's in capable hands now, uh, but still, you know, I don't know, it can't be easy to, to, uh, to, to give that stuff away. Um, and I think, you know, the reason I, I did want to speak about it specifically was just because it, 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 it kind of uh, exemplifies everything we want to discuss in this podcast, which is the relationship between spirituality and fashion. Uh, and all of us here being Shia Muslims, nor kind of nailed that uh, intersection, right? The intersection between fashion and spirituality and identity. Um, so perhaps we can kind of conclude that um, the robe between spirituality and fashion is uh, identity and expression of that identity, which I exactly. think is, is, is very important. Um, I want to kind of end uh, on uh, speaking about prominent brands like Nike, um, who have kind of jumped on the uh, Islamic fashion uh, trend craze by selling, for example, sportswear, hijab, uh, and stuff like that. Uh, and I think yeah. it's very interesting, just to kind of wind this podcast down, I think it's very interesting because when it first started, uh, I know there was a lot of backlash. Uh, me, like my own personal opinion, uh, I was just like, well, they're doing it good for them. You know, I didn't really have any issue with it. But I know a lot of Muslims were kind of upset that um, they because they felt like these big uh, multi-billion dollar businesses were almost taking um, a narrative away from Muslim, uh, from Muslims to tell their own kind of, uh, to build their own fashion empires. So a lot of people are saying that it should, it should be Muslims, Muslim-owned businesses that sell things like sports hijab uh, and stuff like that. Hasnain, what's your, what's your take on that? Do you, do you feel like only Muslims should sell uh, Islamic-related wear or, uh, or, or do you like praise companies like Nike, uh, like Nike, sorry, and others who uh, are selling sports hijab uh, and even Dolce Gabbana, for example, selling abayas and stuff like that? Um, to me, I mean, Nike did it, so they did it. I mean, they took advantage of a market. I mean, I'm a finance guy, right? So for me, <laughs> yeah, take advantage of a market. Um, but I think it comes to us to support the smaller brands who are making this stuff on the side. You know, I think, you know, if if Nike made a, a sports hijab because they said, hey, we need to fill this this market because they're not doing it. And we yeah. and and as Muslims become more athletic, <laughs> and start, start, you know, <laughs> start playing these sports, they, they need these type of clothes. So they did it first. You can't blame them for it. Right. Yeah. Because if you yeah, have, yeah. That that, yeah. that was that, that that was definitely my take on it as well. I was like, well, yeah. you know, if, if they're but, doing it, good for them. But if a, if if a brand comes out and they started making you know athletic wear f for Muslims, then it, it comes upon people like me that are going to go support them. That just comes down to the public, right? Hmm. And, and that's unfortunately that's my take on it. Just you know, if Nike did it, they did it. If I own, if I was the CEO of Nike, I would have done it first. I you know, I'm filling a market. That's just business. So then I, I Ali, like Ali, what's I mean, your take on it? Yeah, it's like asking if only Italians can sell pizza. Like, <laughs> <laughs> sell pizza. But, but uh, I, I'm guessing Italian made pizza is the best pizza though, right? No, New York City, dollar slice oh, okay. pizza. <laughs> 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 but honestly, like, like, like do, do you feel like, um, you know, I mean, I, I guess there was kind of the argument that, you know, Muslims kind of should have done it first. But at the same time, you know, Nike as a, as a, as a, as a, as a, as a as a business, it's 30 years ahead of Muslim businesses, right? So do you feel like there's, there's an unfair advantage 
you know, as a businessman yourself, do you think there's an unfair advantage? Do you think they should bring in uh, Muslims to kind of like run this uh, side of, 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 the, of, of things or not? Ali. Oh, I thought you were asking the bill. Sorry. No. Um, no, I don't think so because it's just another product, right? And so you can't expect to, for as a company, uh, you can't expect to bring in that particular uh, religion or ethnicity to just run that department. Like it doesn't make sense. Hmm. If somebody happens to be, okay, great. But there are also brands out there like Zara the brand uh, or Zara the label actually it's called. Uh, and then there's also Hot Hijab and then like a, a bunch of other uh, hijab brands that are out there that can start doing it and uh, perhaps they're doing it. But yes, it's a disadvantage, but also it's a very positive thing because if Nike is doing something, uh, then people see it as a, as a uh, mainstream thing that they're mm-hmm. not seeing it as, okay, this is only a minority thing. Yeah, I do kind of agree with that actually, yeah. Right? So mm-hmm. that puts the head and puts uh, Muslim women that are athletic on the map saying, okay, it's not just non-Muslims that are athletic playing soccer or playing any sport, but uh, Muslims do it too. And this is what they wear. So this is what we're providing. So I think it's an excellent idea and it kind of puts us ahead of uh, where we would be if a smaller brand started doing it and uh, didn't have the same national or international recognition. Nabil, you've been shaking your head in discontent. What's your, what's your opinion? (laughs) Wasn't intentionally, but (laughs) (laughs) no, um, I was just listening to every everybody's uh, opinion on it, and I was in in the same time I was trying to form my opinion as well. Yeah. Uh, so, I think that just to backtrack a little bit, like you know, you you think about why Nike would release some, like a hijab line or or a piece like that, right? Um, obviously, like like some like you guys mentioned, it was like mostly finance related. Like it's, it's like a money opportunity, a market opportunity too. But then you also have to dive in, like being somebody in like the, not just like like the fashion world, also a big business as well. You gotta, you gotta see it as like a business as well. Um, as much as it is like a creative art and you know editorial, mm-hmm. that is also a very 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 big business. So it does make sense in a finance perspective too. But you also have to look into like take a deeper dive and like why why did it happen or why did it get brought up. There's, there's probably a, a Muslim person there who brought up the idea, who wanted, yeah. who, who wanted to be like, hey, we should be representing Muslim Muslims. And that person, whoever that was, whether it be a designer, whether it be uh, like a, a marketing coordinator there, was probably Muslim. I don't know the backstory, but it, yeah. was, it was a Muslim person. It was like, hey, you know, I work at this company, Nike, that has a massive, massive, massive platform. Um, and that hasn't been represented by Muslims the best way possible. And they take it upon themselves to, you know, channel that into that mass media. Um, so there's probably a Muslim person was like, Hey, you know, um, this is something I believe in as far as like my religion. And I think that we should be representing Muslims better or more. Let's come out with this, um, hijab for sports. So yeah, yeah, you you also have to give like Muslims credit to be in these massive companies, whether it be uh, like Nike and um, Muslims that are in the background that you probably never heard of or are going to hear of that, you know, did all this work behind the scenes to make this happen to represent our religion and our people. So um, that's just something to consider, I think. Um, Yeah. I also wanted to add add to that. I think there also comes a lot of struggle because if I recollect, I think there was a lot of issues that happened during the Olympics with women wearing hijabs and they couldn't 
you know, perform at the Olympics. I'm pretty sure there was some backstory with that. And years later, Nike came out with it. So I think it comes down to like, we went through that whole phase and then Nike was like, all right, you know, we need something for this. So they, yeah. again, I just wanted yeah. to bring that up. That is really interesting. Yeah. I feel like, you know, uh, we should encourage, like, I know like there's Muslim businesses out there, Muslim owned businesses, and they're like, oh, why should we support Nike while these other people are doing it? Which is fine. It's a valid argument too but you can't discredit i don't think you can discredit like these big houses because there's people there's muslims our brother our muslim brothers and sisters that are working at these big houses that are making these changes too um to hit the mass media for um at muslim athletes to wear you know like their price their team sponsored by nike they need to wear nike products here's a product that they can wear for their hijab that is like you know whatever the functionality is for that hijab at nike so yeah, just just to you know, give give credit to those people, those those Muslims that are kind of lobbying for us in these massive platforms and ma- ma- uh, massive companies. Nice, very valid point. Coming full circle uh, to the beginning and just kind of like finally uh, bring it to a close. Nabil, you know, you're, we didn't get to talk a lot about um, your your grind and your hard work, but you know, I think one really inspiring aspect of uh, your journey. You know, I follow your your you on Twitter and Facebook and. You know, every time you tweet something about grind, I'm like, you know, what? he just tweeted exactly what I was thinking. Um, and I think that, you know, it's just so evident how much effort uh, and, and sacrifice you put into your work, um, which I think is a very important part uh, of success and of growing any business. You know, uh, Ali and Hasnay, both of you guys have businesses as well. I'm sure you'll agree that you need to put the hours in and the sweat and the blood and the tears to get something to be, uh, you know, uh, to build something and, and, and for it to be successful. I'm, I'm also definitely uh, of that kind of uh, work ethic. You know, as I've told you guys before we started, you know, right now is a very crazy time for me. I'm working literally uh, 10 a.m. to like 10 p.m. Uh, every day. And I'm just really glad we managed to squeeze in this conversation. But Nabil, what kind of advice would you give uh, to any young Muslim listening who wants to get into um, fashion, who wants to get into um, you know, making their design label, who's inspired by Profound or inspired by Noor, who wants to build something themselves. Uh, what advice would you, you give them firstly in regards to how they can get started? And secondly, in regards to work ethic? Uh, yeah, sure. So I think the, um, the main advice I would give for somebody that want to get started into fashion and being that the fashion industry has so many different roles, it's not just like creating a brand. There's so many other things that you can do in fashion, in the industry. Um, it's all about, as like as it is for most industries, all about relationship building. Um, really use your platforms to connect with people and um, find like you know like bridges that you can build amongst other people that have similar interests. Um, and there, I I've personally seen like when we started, and well, we started in two thousand eight, but we really started getting into like the fashion industry, like the general market, in like two thousand eleven. That's when you know Urban Outfitters was picking us up. Um, Nordstrom was picking us up and like, it, it wasn't just like a Muslim Islamic brand anymore. Yeah. You know, it was, it was more of like a fashion house that's ran by Muslims, you yeah. know, that's how that yeah. shifted. Um, that started, uh, when we started back then, there wasn't that many Muslim, you know, people in that industry, but, uh, today, you know, mashallah, I see so many, uh, Muslim designers, uh, Muslim creatives, Muslims, um, everywhere um, being more uh, involved in this space now. And the, I've seen the, the main medium they're using is actually social media, like Instagram to represent themselves. So usually, so you, you really got to use your platforms and build connections on that platform. There's so many opportunities there. 
you know, I can give like so many examples of like success stories that I've built through these relationships built, built on Instagram, for example. So yeah, just keep connecting with people. You know, there's, there's a lot of people out there that have similar interests and that can either guide you or you can, you know, just feed off of. So Nabil, just want to take this moment to uh, appreciate you uh, and all your hard work and, you know, everything you've kind of like uh, done. You've definitely left, left, left us all inspired. I'm sure you've left anyone who's listening and, and, wants to, and, and was wondering about the connection between spirituality and fashion uh, inspired or who wants to get into fashion themselves. As a final question, what do you believe that Muslims have to offer the fashion world? Oh, so much. I, th- I, think, I think that question is so open because it's so untapped right now. So it's such an open-ended question right now. And I think that I think that the beauty that Muslims can offer the fashion industry now is just like Muslims from what I've seen, like in, from all backgrounds, like, of like the Muslim communities, uh, we are so creative people that I've seen and mm. we come from like diverse backgrounds to bring like different elements into like design, for example, or just creativity example. So I think we can bring a lot of diversity um, a lot of things that fashion hasn't even seen yet. So I think diversity is a big thing. Wonderful. That we bring. Nabil, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. Hasnain, yeah. Ali, we'll see you guys again soon. Thank you so much, guys. Take care. Salam alaikum. All right. And that was a really interesting discussion with the, with the ever inspirational Nabil Zaidi. He spoke about his grind, how he, along with his, uh, co- with the other co-founders of Profound Aesthetic, built an empire really out of a dream uh, that began with selling uh, graphic t-shirts at Muslim conventions. It's really inspiring to see just how far they've come. It's really inspiring to see and hear him talk about his work ethic as well. Uh, and inshallah, I hope that anyone who's listening who had the interests, uh, who had similar interests and was interested in getting involved in fashion and expressing themselves through fashion uh, picked up some of the wonderful wisdom that Nabil shared with us today. We are currently on a short hiatus. We have one more episode coming, uh, inshallah, in the next uh week or two weeks uh, with the first of Muharram where we'll be sitting down with uh, Nishid artist Ali Fawal and speaking specifically about how he has helped the recitation when it comes to the epic of Ashura and the storytelling of the epic of Ashura through recitation how he has helped uh, evolve that uh, into what it is today so that shall be inshallah a fascinating discussion then we'll continue to be on a bit of a hiatus but we will be back in full swing hopefully in september with a plethora of really interesting guests from various different avenues of muslim culture from all around the world so i really hope you stick with us and again if you have not subscribed to us on the various platforms that we are on please do subscribe we're on apple Podcasts, we're on spotify we're on anchor we're on youtube and don't forget to leave us a five-star review it really does help the podcast thank you again for joining us here on 786 boulevard